Hello, my friend. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 18th day of February. I'm Paul White. Thanks for joining me today. We are in the third chapter of Mark, and we're going to deal with Jesus' statement about the unpardonable sin in a moment. Before we do, let me tell you about the sermon you can look for tomorrow. It is audio only, so we do not have video. That's because I did a sit-down, sort of circle conversation with our friends in Chapin, South Carolina, recently. It was largely extemporaneous, and what I mean by that is I had a theme, I had a scripture, and I had some thoughts, but I like to go into those sit-downs ready to go where the conversation takes me, letting the room sort of be like a, the river rolling down a hill, water rolling down a hill, see what does it go left, does it go right? Let it happen. Let the spirit, let the wind blow where it will. And that happened largely. We, we, had, we did a little bit of cutting, a little bit of editing as, as there was some talking in there, but largely this is about a half an hour's worth of talking about the kingdom. And then I, as I was editing it, realized there were some things I wanted to say that I didn't say in that extemporaneous setting. So there's a little bit of me talking at the front of tomorrow's message that's me in the studio introducing the sermon. So I explain to you what we're going to do. Then we lay out the, the word, and then I come back in at the end and I finish it up. So this is unique in several ways in that it was not a sermon as much as it was just a little talk, but it's also built up a little bit. Um, a day later, whenever I sat down and listened to it again. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this. We title it, Forced into the Kingdom. And that's a phrase that we will unpack as we give you an interpretation of a scripture that Jesus uses, or a, that a statement Jesus makes in Luke 16, about the kingdom. And so, as you can tell by the title, it has to do with the kingdom, but it has to do with it in a way that perhaps... We haven't thought of as much. So look for, it'll be available audio only uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can get it at paulwhiteministries.com as well. Forced into the kingdom. I think you're going to enjoy this. Let's jump back into Mark chapter 3. Now you might be looking for some big revelatory statement today about this blaspheming the Holy Spirit or what's often called the unpardonable sin I don't have a big revelatory statement for you. I'm not going to drag this out. I'm just going to say really a few things succinctly. One, let me read it. I want you to listen to the 28th verse by itself. I'll take a pause. Then we'll read 29. And then I'll take a pause. And then we'll read 30. 28 is often overlooked. 29 scares people to death. 30 is completely ignored. Ready? 28. Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men and whatever blasphemies they may utter. It's big. How many sins are forgiven? All sins, whatever blasphemies you utter. Oftentimes, we don't give that enough attention. All right, here comes the scary one. 29. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. Definitely a lot to unpack there. That's a scary one because it sounds like you're in trouble if you've ever blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And then that allows you to say, put all kinds of stuff in there that is defined as blaspheming the Holy Spirit, whatever that might be. And believe you me, people have done it. 
And then there's verse 30, which is not even looked at. And it's all part of the same conversation. Here's 30. Because they said, he has an unclean spirit. Now, the reason I say that one is overlooked is because it sounds like a tag. Like, oh, here's why he said it. But what is missed is the pronoun. They. I think that we have made an issue of the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit passage because we make the assumption that everything Jesus says in the Gospels, he's saying to an audience 2,000 years later. And sometimes he's saying it to a direct audience that day. For instance, he once heals a leper and he says to the leper, now go show yourself to the temple for the purification of Moses. If Jesus heals you of something today, you don't have to take what Jesus says there and do it. You don't go to Moses. You don't go for purification rites. You don't go to the temple. So most definitely, Jesus says things in context to his audience. His blaspheming of the Holy Spirit passage is in context to his audience. We know this because every time in Matthew, Mark, and Luke that this shows up, it shows up in Matthew, it shows up in Mark, and it shows up in Luke, and hint, 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 that's also something worth paying attention to because of the gospel that it's not in. We'll get to that in a moment. Every time it shows up, it shows up in conjunction to a group of scribes or religious leaders saying that Jesus has an unclean spirit. It's them he's talking to. And they are rejecting him, and they are the ones who are supposed to know better. And they are attributing what he has to the power of Beelzebub or to the power of Satan. And so Jesus says, men are fine with all their blasphemies, but you cannot reject the Holy Spirit and receive forgiveness. The Holy Spirit is the agent that does the work. The Holy Spirit is the arm of the Father that does the work, and by rejecting that, and that's a particular audience of those religious leaders of that day, Jesus speaks to them of blasphemy. You don't just get to insert whatever you want into this as blaspheming the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I made fun of someone who was speaking in tongues. I didn't know better. Did I blaspheme the Holy Spirit? Now I'm in trouble. I can't go to heaven. He wasn't talking to you. And by the way, nobody there was speaking in tongues. Contextually. What they were doing was rejecting the power of God, as exemplified in Jesus. They were doing that. Also, there's a translation issue in verse 29. He who blasphemes the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. David Bentley Hart, great Greek scholar, translates this verse with a little cleaner English in the Greek. Listen Listen to this. He who blasphemes the Holy Spirit has no excuse till the age to come. Has no excuse till the age to come. I have to believe that in the age to come, God writes whatever he will write. I leave that to him. One final thought, and I gave you the hint, hint, hint earlier. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all give this blasphemy of the Holy Ghost passage in relation to Jesus talking to the religious leaders. John doesn't say a word about it. John's writing his gospel last. Most definitely on the other side of the fall of the temple. John's gospel is most likely the last man standing. And the Jesus that he presents is the enthroned Jesus. And there's no talk of the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit passage. 
And I have to believe it's because decades later when John writes his gospel, he writes the things that Jesus says so that in, he even says it in John 21, I write these things so that you will believe on him. He leaves out the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit because it was a contextual statement to a contextual audience. Keep that in mind. Relax. See you tomorrow. Grace to you.